Are we going to be following the new special election? Yeah, I have it here. So, yeah. So we were in central Ohio over the weekend. We're like, is that this district? And Ray's mom was like, I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm tired of listening to the ads because it's all the time. Hmm. Yeah, the county where my mother lives, it's currently 67% for Balderson. Which one are we rooting for? The other guy. Oh. (laughs) The Irishman. Yeah, it's certainly going to be close. Well, what, this is a county that Trump won by 12 points, and now it's Uh, dead even? Yeah. Good enough for me. Welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, also known as the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, for Tuesday, August 7th, 2018. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Uh, if you'd like to join in on our conversation, you can go to facebook.com slash profanearg and post your thoughts or a link to an article you'd like us to take a look at. This week on the podcast, we will be talking about a leftist conspiracy that scared the crap out of me. But first... I thought I would mention a an article that is on the Friendly Atheists website. Uh, it is from the latest issue of American Psychological Association's journal. It has an article totally dedicated to atheism and atheists in general. It, it's a bit... I mean, it's a psychological thing, so it's a bit dry to read. <laughs> it's, not, it's not exactly an entertaining paper, but... Uh, the Friendly Atheist brought out a few things that were interesting. One uh, section was, Why Do the Godless Prosper? And it, uh, it talks about the fact that a lot of, uh, a lot of atheists seem to be uh, more well-off. <laughs> which... <laughs> Ian, you feeling that well-offness? <laughs> I thought that would give us a few chuckles. I don't know that I represent the majority of atheists, but tell me more. <laughs> Well, I'd say 50% of the atheists in here are probably not that well off. (laughs) (laughs) So it says that as human beings improve their naturalistic explanatory skills and capture and organize enough energy to sustain secure secular societies, basically as people get better off, as people are doing better for themselves, they have less reason to pray to a deity and more reason to study religious worldviews from like an outside perspective so it's not that atheists do better it's that if you do better you have a better chance of recognizing yourself as being non-religious or atheist Hmm. which i thought that was that was interesting another another section talks about the development and validation of microaggressions against non-religious basically the idea that uh if you consider yourself non-religious a lot of uh, a lot of little things that occur during the day you might see as microaggressions and some of these i think um microaggressions the micro part is very true they're they're little things I'm already but. done with this article that they even <laughs> mentioned microaggressions. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what What is an example of a microaggression? Is that uh, finding uh, a religious text on the break room table kind of thing? Maybe. Or maybe just somebody saying something towards you that is has become inherent in society. Mm. Like saying, God bless you if you sneeze. Or which, I mean, that's not a microaggression. That's... 
they're actually wishing you well. Right. So <laughs> I say God bless you. <laughs> right. I well I don't. I will say bless you now and then. Oh, you're right. I say I, bless I, you. I don't say God bless you. I, mm. I'm trying to convert to Gesundheit because it's still socially acceptable, but <laughs> <laughs> and nothing to do with blessing. But I keep forgetting. So <laughs> I usually wait and see if it's a person I don't know. I'll say it. If they don't say thank you, then I'm like, oh, I don't have ever have to say that again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they look at you and be like, you're not going to say anything? You'd be like, I, don't know. I guess so. <laughs> Please don't die? What? <laughs> but so, okay, so these are microaggressions towards us, not we performing microaggressions towards Correct. religious people. So for it, like, but where does this fall in? Like, I saw a Facebook post of somebody's grandmother who was in the hospital and she was very, very sick and she got better. And everybody was like, thank God. And nobody thanked the doctor or the hospital for what they did. Mm. Like, and well, I was like, you fucking assholes. But <laughs> Well, their their point would be that, you know, God gave the doctor the skills to heal the grandmother. Not the doctor went to school for a number of years and, and worked his ass off. But God gave him the skill. See, I wouldn't consider that a microaggression or an aggression against, a, you know, atheists or atheist community, but just a complete lack of understanding of how, how the person got better. Yeah. Would, would I have been a jerk if I'd been like, hey, thank those doctors too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No. I, I didn't. I kept my mouth shut, but. Sure. Uh, one of the things that was in the article that I thought was interesting was, I mean, they they have a very long worded way of explaining it, but the idea that uh, religious, if you look at studies, it says that people who are more religious tend to live longer because they're, they're positive spiritually the you know, the positive mentality creates a better better health but it says the in the article it describes how atheists have their own ways of finding meaning and purpose to the wonder that is in life which i think is true i mean trying to remember the guy's name the big mathematician but in any case he was talking about the beauty of a flower and uh the, this religious friend of his was like you will never look at a flower and see its beauty the way i do and the mm-hmm. uh, oh so it's Feynman it just came to me uh so when Feynman said he he responded and said that well i disagree with you i think that i see more beauty in the flower because i see that it evolved to this state and i see the intricacies of the flower and how it evolved and and how the the petals came to be and i can see more in it than just saying well god made that <laughs> hmm. yeah so I, i'm I, down with that i once used a similar analogy on somebody yes i thought that that was a very good good way of thinking and the idea that I mean, you just look up into the night sky. Mm. If you're religious, you might just think, you know, look at the beauty of what God made. But if you're not religious, you can see aspects of it from several different directions. I remember, (laughs) yeah, I was having an argument with with a religious person and they pulled that, uh, you know, you don't see the the magic and the the wonderment of what God has done and blah, blah, you know, and all this shit. And I was like, you know what makes me crazy? What blows my fucking mind and, and makes my wonderment go is I go like this and I put my finger up and I go, when I think about it, I can move my little finger like this. Isn't that fucking weird? Right? I'm just <laughs> thinking it and this finger moves. Right? I go, it takes no power. And they were like, I got nothing for you. Dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> I think the, the, the part about religion and spirituality good for our health and makes us more social, that I think – can come from the fact that if you're religious or spiritual, you can explain away the bad things. But if you're uh, secular, exp- you can't really explain away the bad things. You just have to deal with the bad things. So it mm. gives you a a crutch and a way of putting a happy face on things that are horrific. So I, I think that's probably advantageous because it takes a lot of the stress out of it. 
I I guess you can say that, but at the same time, I don't I don't personally understand how you could explain away the bad things with a good and loving God who could fix all of it. Well, I mean, just take say you uh, um, you have a child who develops leukemia. For some people, it's a horrible, horrible thing, but they kind of placate themselves with God wants this to happen, and there's there's a reason behind it, and um, he, he'll be with God now. So it's a justification, and it's not so, it's not as bad as it feels. Whereas a secularist, it just sucks. It's just a horrible thing. So I don't know. I, I think I see the argument for it being good for our health somewhat. Is there truth to this that religious people live longer? There have been studies that and that show that that is the case. But isn't there more religious people in the world? Than not? Yeah, yes. So wouldn't they have higher numbers than... than? Oh, I think they're, they're talking per capita, I think. I don't know. Most religious people I meet are fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> they're constantly, you know, they're, they're constantly fighting and things are horrible. And, like, I've never seen a good content one. But I know they exist, but... We live in a strange times. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's Very a lot true. of turmoil at the moment. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to uh, some of the listener comments. The Pittsburgh Atheist posted this on our Facebook page. Bishop Zubik is to release the report on the, the diocese of Pittsburgh clergy members. And they, again, <laughs> this may be as soon as tomorrow, August 8th. They may be releasing the report. Now, it is going to be redacted, but they put out a letter uh, which you can can link there's a link to it in the this article that'll be on the profane argument website the letter is going to be read at all masses in all parishes of the catholic diocese of pittsburgh this weekend hmm. and it's a letter stating that hey this is coming out it is awful you need to be able to deal with it. We're here to help. We support the, the process of getting through this. We support the police and, and making sure that criminals are brought to justice. It's a decent letter written hmm. by, by the bishop. And it is, like I said, it's going to be read. <laughs> Every Catholic who goes to church is going to hear this letter. So I think they are trying to prepare their congregations for the fact that this is coming out. So that's fast on the heels of the Harrisburg Diocese releasing 72 names in the past week. They announced, announced 71, then another added another one uh, on August 1st. So, And a list of what they're accused of and whether they are still alive or deceased. Many of them are deceased because this is going back for decades. Yeah, yeah, going back quite a ways. Mm. So it's the, the Pennsylvania... So it, I don't understand, though. Is, is this part of the the big... I don't know what, what lawsuit it was that was, you know, multiple different counties or multiple different dioceses. Or is each diocese just doing this on their own now? I don't, I don't get the, get the connection. I'm not exactly sure how it's coming out because the report is probably going to come out as a whole sometime between what tomorrow and like next week sometime. Okay. Yeah, I know it was coming up. So, so are some diocese just kind of getting ahead of the curveball kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's coming out. If you don't put light on it, it it's never going to get better. So that's good. Yeah, it definitely needs to. Um, so that's really all I have to say about that until it comes out. We yeah, can, there's really you know, nothing we'll to, just have to <laughs> be like, okay, let's wait and yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we can say that it's about damn time because, I mean, how many years of cover-up has, I mean, decades or have there been of cover-up? I mean, yeah. hopefully this is some kind of turning point for the Catholic Church. I doubt it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but can hope. I will scoff for now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
Uh, meanwhile, over in New York, Cuomo has opened up an investigation for a couple who was denied a marriage license, a gay couple. And I thought it was interesting enough that not only is he opening up an investigation on this and trying to follow up, but he also offered that if they were still looking for somebody to marry them, he said that he would officiate their marriage. This is such a play, a media play. It is. <laughs> yeah. But at the, at the same time, you know... Good for him. <laughs> okay, but if he gets if he gets back in, and the, will he keep this up? Is the bigger question. I understand he's trying to appeal to progressives and the uh, Cynthia Nixon crowd. I, I, I mean, he can't for all same sex couple that gets married. That that he doesn't have that much time. No, I don't mean. <laughs> I mean even opening the investigation. Ah, the whole thing is all no. a ploy in my. I mean, that's great. I hope they they you know get what they need. But fuck you, Cuomo. <laughs> well. <laughs> What's, what's he thinking of running for, is the question, I suppose. What do you mean? I mean, presumably, he, he's, a, he's a politician. He's doing this to get in the news media. Otherwise, he would have, you know, not done it quite so publicly. Well, well I think right for now, he's just, yeah, he's oh, just trying to, okay. to stay governor. Yeah. Okay. And Cynthia Nixon has a lot of, uh, you know, she's gaining some steam. Oh, yeah? Okay. Right. And she's got the LGBTQ people behind her rather strongly, if I understand. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. That seems logical. Yeah. She is also a homosexual, to the best of my knowledge. I see that supporting her would be in their best interest. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. She is definitely not faking it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. If it is, it is the longest con we've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> That's right. Dedication. She could, she could teach Anne Haysh a thing or two. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who brought this up on the Facebook page, and I'm not I'm not able. Maybe somebody can look it up. But in any case, one of our listeners brought this up on the Facebook page. Over in Illinois, a lawmaker has resigned after, this is a weird one, after using naked pictures of his ex-girlfriend, well, his girlfriend at the time, using pictures of his girlfriend to catfish men on a social media site. But Just for shits and giggles, or...? <laughs> No, so now, he could have the men have sexually explicit conversations with him. Right. Well, he pretended to be a woman. Yes. Right, but just for, there he there wasn't a sting operation, he was just like, I'm just going to fuck with some oh, dudes. And no, that's just his jam. Oh, okay. I assume that's, that's his fetish. <laughs> My understanding is that is correct. He was doing this to have conversations with men where he pretended to be his girlfriend or a woman like his, you know, who looked like his girlfriend um, and had, you know sexual online relationships with with men <laughs> and Which, never talk on the phone yeah I right guess not. i know i know the angle that i'm looking at this is ridiculous <laughs> that, <laughs> that you could that you could dupe somebody for this long in this day and age to say aol ain't around anymore when you can only just chat to a person <laughs> well it, it, this may have just been a a series of brief text encounters <laughs> not you know one person strung along for months right right okay what if what if anyway, it's really weird. Okay, this was brought up by Jeff on our on our website. I try not to use people's last names because I don't know if they want their last name associated, but this is a different Jeff. <laughs> so, in any case, I, w I just wanted to, to, to bring this guy up. His name is, is Nick Sauer. Uh, he is a strange Republican. Um, <laughs> That's strange at but all. But <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's a, just a different thing. And if he's just, you know, a guy doing this, you know, whatever. That that's fine if you get off on doing that, but well, uh, it's, he it's, it's not fine. But it's well here the re it, it is fine if he had you know permission <laughs> he, to use her yes. her images. Sure, 
But yeah, other didn't. than the pictures, he's not really breaking any laws, right? No, right. he's not breaking any laws, but it's kind of a douchey thing to do. Oh, listen, he's a Republican. He's got a he's no. got to fit one <laughs> slot of a douchey thing. <laughs> True. He kind of looks like Ted Cruz with plastic surgery. <laughs> mm, a lot younger. <laughs> Did you have something in? I thought you were going to say something. I, um, I was pondering it. I'm, I'm trying to decide how I feel about what he does. Like, I don't want to judge him for his particular fetish, but I don't like the fact that he is, you know, exploiting a third party and right. intentionally deceiving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if he did have permission at the time from his to be like, baby, I'm going to use some of your pictures to get my <laughs> rocks off. Yeah. Like, yeah, what I don't, I mean, he's doing multiple things. One, he's deceiving the people, the, the guys that he's going after online. And right. he mm. did not have permission to use the images right. from his girlfriend. Now, so, that part of it is a felony. That, that part is. of it, yeah. that one can get you three years in jail. Specifically in Illinois, in yes. the state he is in. Right. How do you get is. caught? Um, Something uh, about her. A friend wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of her social media, an Instagram account. I don't know, reverse, reverse image searching or something, I'm not sure, but uh, okay. somehow she found out. Oh, okay. Oh, then this is, yeah, this is way bad. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I didn't know she was, like, involved in it. I was going to say, I have a question for that same friend. So if someone you're with, uh, you know, provides you with digital images of them, and then you part ways, is it implied in that separation that you no longer have access to those pictures? Yes. What's that all about? Wait, what if they're sent to me on my phone? Right. Well, it's not illegal for... I I wouldn't say it's not illegal or immoral or whatever for you to have them. It is for you to do something else with them besides enjoy them in the the privacy of your own abode. They're not copyrighted, though. No, but if you go... My my friend is content with your answer. Thank you. (laughs) As a person who has a lot of stored pictures like that on their phone... Just don't post them anywhere and you'll be fine. So you're telling me my whole Amazon book is just out the window of what I was planning to do. <laughs> yes. Unless you can get the permission of everybody, I would say yes. Yes. Do not share them I with anybody else. I don't know the real else. names, right? <laughs> no, you do, you do not have permission to use other people's sexually explicit photographs. You really don't even have permission to use their non-sexually explicit photographs. Unless they were taking in public, right? Yeah, if they're taking in public, in, in public, I think it's it's different. But if it's you know, it, 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 let's okay. say that you're an amateur, so photographer. so they're fine. You just can't transfer them to a third party. Correct. Reasonable. Yeah. What if you, what if that person has sent that picture to multiple people? Uh, then there's really no way to say you know unless you you know use some some high level tracking to you know <laughs> trace it back to the IP that originally <laughs> released it. Could have been any of you. There's really I feel like that's got a built in alibi. <laughs> Yeah, but you're looking for an alibi or to to not be a douchebag. <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't know what this friend's up to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> just don't share things. Jesus. <laughs> Try to be a decent human being and just go with that. <laughs> Karen, what if the pictures are unsolicited? It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. All right, let's end this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so the next thing that I have is actually on 538, which 
okay, we talk about 538.com now and then, but this is a weird one for me. I've never seen a story like this on 538. It's uh, talking about health insurers and how they can direct you to religious hospitals that then can uh, give you restricted health care. So it's a, a story specifically about a woman, Darylin Lee, who uh, realized that she needed to get her contraceptive implant replaced. In, she was in Chicago, and uh, because of medical changes, she didn't know where to go. So she contacted her insurance and said, hey, where can I go to get this done? And they gave her a hospital, local hospital, Mercy Hospital and Medical Center. And she went there and was told by the doctor, I can't do that. Uh, and she's like, well, okay, can you tell me where else to go? And he's like, you should go to the uh, gynecology department. So she made a second appointment, came back to the gynecology department, and the doctor there said... Yeah, I can't really do that. I can give you a pap smear if you'd like. And uh, I she came was... for, sir, but while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was upset and and didn't know why they were saying they couldn't do it. And eventually, uh, she she went to a, a completely different hospital and comes to find out that it's because of of the specifically because of the hospital's Catholic affiliation. Apparently, if you go to a Catholic hospital, the odds of you getting uh, good contraceptive care is next to nil. Well, the story is bizarre. I don't understand this. I mean, the insurance company gave her the closest in-network provider, and that happened to be a Catholic um, hospital. That yep. Who goes to a hospital for to, to get um, contraception? Why, why would you go to a hospital? Go to your local gynecologist's office. That, that, that's weird. I don't get that. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking to three people who've never had to deal with that. <laughs> why, 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 when do you go to a hospital? You go to a hospital when something's really wrong. You don't go there for, for your comprehensive care. You don't go there for your annual physical and your, and your um, blood tests. That's not where you go. You go to the local doctor's office. Gynecologists are the same. Yeah, right. They, but she, they have she was t- She was told... To go, that that was the closest in-network provider, hmm. was at that hospital. That's weird. Okay. And she was told that by the organization in charge of her insurance plan. No, she should have been told by the first doctor she saw, Mercy, this is a Catholic hospital. There are certain things you probably won't be able to get here. You should find someplace else to go. Yeah. Yeah. They should have said that right away. Right. But apparently they didn't. Yeah, that's a problem. And the article goes on to, to the real problem, which is that one in six... Of if you count hospital beds, I don't know why they counted hospital beds and not hospitals. Because some hospitals have thirty beds and some have five thousand. Right, sure. So I guess it's the total number of people that they can serve. One in six are Catholic. Yeah, this has been growing over the last couple of decades. Yeah, if you live in some place like Washington State, Iowa, Wisconsin, South Dakota, your chances of going to a hospital and have it being a Catholic base hospital is very high like 40 41 percent which is just it's kind of scary because they will specifically not give you medical attention that you may need or want because of their own beliefs and they won't tell you that that's why you're not getting the care that you need or want this is a severe problem. I mean, I know that people talk about how, well, you know, churches churches do good things. And, you know, this is one of the quote-unquote good things that the church does, except that they also influence what the doctors can do, or specifically what they can't do. Right. And that's more of the problem I have, is if you're going to be a physician, you need to be a physician for 
the whole package. You, you don't get to pick the things that you'll fix and the things that you'll work on. You need to treat the you patient. You need to put that first. Yeah, you need to treat the patient first. And regardless of whether it affects your personal beliefs, is irrelevant. And I don't understand how they get away with that and how they get, like, Medicaid money. They're getting money – well, I know nowadays, but uh, how they get money from Medicaid and Medicare to treat people insufficiently and incompletely. Yeah. I mean, medic. well, I forget which way around it goes. Medicaid, I think that it, it is in a lot of people's best interest for women to have good contraceptives, especially if you're going to restrict abortions. Now you're just trying to use logic, and we all know that logic <laughs> is not where this argument is coming from. True. <laughs> so you want people to have babies they can't afford, <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. regardless of what religion or ethnicity they are, too, which I also, I also find bizarre. I mean, yeah, that's part of the part of the reason behind doing this podcast is the fact that the Christian and anybody on the Christian right, I mean, the, what they want to do is enforce their moral beliefs, their ethical beliefs, onto everyone else. Right. This is a really good example of it. Whether or not that we believe their their beliefs are actually moral or ethical in any way. Right. In any case, I thought it was a I thought it was an interesting story. If you're going to go to a hospital, check out well. Figure out why you're going there. Check out if they're going to be able to to meet your needs. Well, I will be getting my pap smears at a different hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. Uh, moving on to some national news. I, I just all, nearly got past me without knowing it at all. Steven Seagal, who I, I enjoyed Steven Seagal movies back in the 80s. So did I. I'm so excited for this story because I heard about this from my mom and I was sure she was misreading it or that it was a joke. <laughs> you didn't see the picture of them shaking hands? I thought it was Photoshop. Oh. <laughs> so, Steven Seagal has been appointed as special representative on U.S.-Russian humanitarian ties. Uh, the country's Ministry of Foreign Affairs said in a statement on their Facebook page. So, the official way of announcing a position on Facebook. Uh, here's the thing that I didn't know. For two years, Steven Seagal has been a Russian citizen. What? Oh, I didn't know that. I knew he had some kind of Putin crush. Yeah. He went over there and has become a close friend of of uh, Vladimir Putin. No way. I thought he was a cop on some sort of reality show here in the States. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he is now a Russian citizen. That's, that's wow. And a special representative for, uh, <laughs> for the U.S. So that's just weird. Isn't it's, it? a, it's amazing yes. what you'll overlook when someone kisses your ass and gives you a little money. <laughs> you know. So also, someone needs to let Russia know that Steven Seagal is not relevant in this country anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you got Schwarzenegger or like, you know, a modern day action star like The Rock. Like if this was The Rock, this would blow my fucking mind. But it's Steven, who have, probably has no money and is a total asshole. <laughs> yeah. In the interview, Seagal, Seagal also praised Putin as a great world leader and a brilliant tactician. Well, brilliant tactician, I'll give him that. Yeah, sure. Not A, definitely B. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird story. I mean, how is he not a... I mean, fine, we're not at war with Russia, but they're not our friend in, in any stretch of the imagination. Which it depends. Are, is your last name Trump? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you but, haven't seen the T-shirts? I'd rather be Russian than Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> Did I think I linked that somewhere later in the in the yeah, I don't in under, the show? The the complete one eighty just baffles me. I mean, I get it. The uh, I I think what do you I, mean, the one eighty for for Steven Seagal. 
No, the one eighty four um, Republicans. Oh, because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, just no. I I, I have a theory. <laughs> I got a theory too. I'm going to throw this out real quick before you throw okay. yours out. My theory is this. I'm going to say it right here officially on the show. I think Steven Seagal's a pedophile. <laughs> Gonna throw that out there. I got no proof for it though. All right, so I move the I move the QAnon stuff up further in the show because we're getting there quick. So I know you guys, uh, Ian and Jared, you talked about QAnon on on your podcast on the Prodigal Sons, uh, and I did enjoy that conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, but I thought we'd bring it up here just briefly. I, I'm trying to remember what the phrase was that you used. That QAnon was. Oh, it's like Pizzagate on bath salts? Yes, Pizzagate on bath salts. <laughs> it's not my quote. It was a quote from a Vice article. but that, that is that is good. So QAnon, I don't know how you describe it. It's a group of people who are just batshit insane with conspiracy theories. Every conspiracy theory against the left, you can imagine, that all the presidents except for Trump, or not all, but what, four of the last six or something like that, are part of a conspiracy to, I don't even know, to do what. I well, not, it's, it's not it's, a conspiracy. They're part of a secret organization fighting against an evil cabal of leftists. But That's what it some- essentially boils down to, right? Wasn't there something in their manifesto or whatever it is talking about how Mueller's investigation is actually not investigating what they say they are? They're yes, actually- Mueller and Trump are working together. Right. <laughs> it's going to be And there's the daily JFK prayer in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so Q is supposed to be a really deep state involved person with level Q secret access. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a thing. Nope. It, and <laughs> that supposedly it's JFK Jr. is Q, some of them believe. Yes. He was also at a Trump rally this <laughs> right. last, last week. He, he, he's dead. In disguise. Nope, he's fine. In disguise. <laughs> okay. But what I don't get is part of the conspiracy is that, that Hillary's killed JFK Jr. in order to get the Senate seat in New York. Yeah, but yet that he just faked that death. Right. Well, here's the other thing. JFK to Jr. draw the cabal into the limelight by presenting Hillary as his replacement. Right. Except that JFK hmm. Jr. was not running for office. Right. No, he was running a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a kind of marginal newspaper at that. That's just weird. Okay. Let me tell you something. After we, we after we talked about this last night, I saw this morning that the Q is now bleeding into some of the people I know on oh, no. Facebook. And the new pedophile out there is Robert De Niro. Yeah. He's 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 uh under investigation for running a check su- uh child sex ring. Um that's something we didn't mention on here that the the QAnon their big thing is if you're an enemy, you're a pedophile. Wow. Like, it, it doesn't matter if there's no evidence of that. It's just, if you're one of their enemies, it's likely they're going to flag you as a pedophile. Well, it is a, I mean, in this current environment, it is a quick way to get people to hate you. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's just that they really think that all these people are, they, first of all, they think everybody in Hollywood is a pedophile. Especially if you said something bad about Trump. Right. It, it makes it super easy to you, for you, for people to instantly hate them. I think it is the, the, the trick to that. Sure, right. 
It's like the conversation we had with uh, the one local police officer who told us about the story of his, all of his friends in Afghanistan and how they would come back and t- talk about the all the Muslims chanting this song, and the song was about raping young boys. And I'm like, no, they didn't. No. They, they didn't <laughs> chant that. And he's like, no, they did. It's in the Quran. I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> well, if I could make a prediction real quickly, the newest pedophile to come out of the Hollywood music system is going to be Roger Waters. Yeah. Yes, because think so. Yes, Roger Waters had a concert, I believe, yesterday or the day before, in some Midwest thing, and he opened up the concert. If this is not photoshopped, I don't know. That says Trump is a pig on the big backdrop on the stage, <laughs> and then everybody, you know, the same people who posted that Robert De Niro is a you know pedophile were like, "Well, that's it. I used to love Pink Floyd, but I don't. I can't listen to it now anymore." Fuck you, Roger Waters. And I had, I'm like, you know, Roger Waters isn't in Pink Floyd anymore. But yeah. they just, so I'm just waiting for, oh, by the way, Roger Waters is a pedophile. Sure. Running sure. a child sex ring. Because hmm. that's what happens when you say something about Trump. It instantly appears in your basement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the one thing I did want to mention that you talked about on the uh, Prodigal Son was that JFK Jr., it was mentioned that his grave looks like a Q. Yes. Like where they, they where he's buried, the, the sidewalk looks like a Q. That's not entirely correct because I'm like, I want to see this. And I, I did a couple searches and it turns out JFK Jr. was cremated and uh, buried at sea. His mm-hmm. ashes so that's were not distributed. even his grave site, the picture that they have? Uh, it's the it's actually the gravesite of uh, of JFK. Hmm. Oh, it's His the father. Eternal Flame thing, right? I was wondering that too when I saw the picture because I was like, they made like a whole thing for JFK Junior. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, you didn't really do anything. <laughs> so I doubt that Q. I mean, I'm sure that the conspiracy theorists would say, nope, that just proves it. <laughs> but I doubt that that was a thing back then. Does it really matter? No, no, of course not. No. Uh, and we had referenced this before, and I thought I'd, I'd put it here. These guys, there's a, a photograph of two men wearing shirts that say, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. Just mm. it, like that, let that sink in for a little bit. But this is, I put a link to Snopes, which I know people oh. d- don't believe. Well-known fake news. Uh, because apparently there was an uproar saying that, no, that's Photoshopped. No Republican would wear would wear those shirts. No, it is tr- true. Uh, absolutely true. Snopes says that it's true. The guy that originally posted it, uh, Jeremy Peltzer, was the uh, photographer who took the picture. Uh, the guys have since responded. It, that is definitely what they were wearing to their Trump rally. Yeah. <laughs> So as as part of that, I I don't remember where I uh, heard it, but somebody made a a reference to the people at Trump rallies behave like they're at a WWE event or any um, pro pro wrestling event. And I I think it it clicked for me that that is what it is for them. It's not real. They don't – they think it is as real as WWE is real. Right. I think it was in a story about Acosta and how the people were Mm. coming up to him and flipping him off and telling him that he was the enemy and and yelling at him and stuff. And then after the rally, several of those same people came up and asked for selfies and autographs. I'm very polite to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the show. It's all about what gets on TV. It's all about the the, you know, the noise that you can make in the stadium. Apparently they likened it, uh, well, the news, I don't know, I don't know wrestling that well, but the news, uh, the people who were talking about it, they said that uh, it was similar to The Undertaker. The Undertaker's, you know, the villain of the story, mm. but the moment that it's over, people want to get his autograph and 
you know, yeah, I, a, I always had equated it to like like a rock concert or something. Mm-hmm. Like it just like I mean, what new information are you learning there if you're a Trump supporter? It's the Nothing. same thing. It's the same hits. It's your great. It's his best hits, right? And one the one of the reporters were taking Ohio. Uh, I, think, I don't know how they currently do it, but the the county that you live in is on your plate. They were looking at the license plates in the parking lot, and a lot of them did not live in the district that was actually that Trump was there to promote. They're just the the you know the the, the people that are diehard Trump supporters. You know, came in from all over Ohio. Regard, it didn't matter who he was talking about. That's irrelevant. They're they're there to see his, their guy, their WWE favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, which he that. actually was. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that Trump the blacks for Trumps guy he <laughs> goes to every rally. Yep, he's always in the background. How does he have money for that? <laughs> Where's my black guy at? <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> just to make sure uh, that was Trump that said that I was just quoting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my theory. It's all sure. WWE, but oh. and for some reason that's slightly comforting because then I know that they know it's just theater. But it's theater that actually Except makes it's a difference. Not. I know. Yeah, but then they still vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not in primaries, uh, though. <laughs> speaking of voting, I want to just bring this up because it's so damn close. Uh, it's, oh, it's alarmingly close. I was just looking at it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Tonight in Ohio is a special election. We have – it's in a, in a district that has been Republican for decades. Danny O'Connor, the Democrat, is trying to oust Troy Balderson mm-hmm. and – Man, is it close. It keeps getting closer and closer. Uh, 85% is of the, the, the precincts are now reporting, and it's, it's less than 1%. 50, 50.1% to 49.3%. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to, seeing that, I'm, I'm going to probably stop looking at it for the rest <laughs> of the night because that, that percentage tells me that I'm in for at least one, if not two, recounts. Mm-hmm. Likely. I don't know what the recount rules are for for Ohio, so I don't know. Oh, uh, my God, it just changed. It just updated oh. 49.7% <laughs> to 49.7%. Wow. <laughs> what is, yeah, there's 155 vote difference out of 160,000. And to that, I say, damn you, Joe Manchik. What? He's the, he's the Green Party member that's running, and he yeah. has 1,000 votes that should be going yep. to the Democrat. Yep. Spoiler. Joe. Come on, man chick. <laughs> well, if you look at who, what, what counties, a bunch of the counties are already in. <laughs> Moving to Franklin County. <laughs> <laughs> well, Franklin County is closest to Columbus, so. Okay. That, that, I get it then. Yeah. I mean, it is heavy. I mean, but in, in, in fairness, a lot of the other ones are much closer than Franklin. Like, I mean, the, the Republican is, is winning in every other county, but not... By the way that the Democrat is winning in Franklin. Right. Like, there's a 20,000-vote swing in Franklin County. In the other counties, it's, you know, less than 1,000 right. in most places. Mm. Now, this, if the Democrat does pull it off, which I highly doubt, mm. it would be a major swing because this district is highly gerrymandered. I mean, Ohio has done nothing about their gerrymandering. So this northern section of Columbus, or Franklin County, is distinctly being put in with all of these red counties in order to offset it mm. but right. to come this close yeah yeah even that is something absolutely well yeah it's I mean, even it is so close that it's got to put a little bit of fear in the in the republicans because this it should not be this close 
in this kind of gerrymandered district, it should not be this close. And it's not over. It's not over. No, it's not over. I don't hold much hope, but it's not over. I would would, would be happily pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Danny's going to pull it out. (laughs) I hope you're right. I mean, Delaware County is only about half counted at this point, and it leans Republican, but not super Republican. But he's probably going to pick up more in Delaware County. Franklin is mostly in, but uh, and that's where the the greatest number of population is. But I don't know if seven percent of Franklin can offset forty eight percent of Delaware. So we'll see. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Uh, so the next thing I have moving on national news, I, we t- mentioned this last week that uh, Sessions had announced his Religious Liberty Task Force yeah. to combat dangerous secularism. <laughs> 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 so in any case, I, I, I wanted to bring it up again. Uh, pinknews.co.uk, obviously an LGBTQ group. But they have posted information about how anti-LGBTQ groups, uh, hate groups, have been linked to the Trump administration's new religious freedom task force group. <laughs> Amazing. I, wow. I would so have never suspected. Shocked. <laughs> so the Alliance Defending Freedom has several different attachments to this group. The Justice Department collaborated with them in the launching of the group. A member, I'm trying to find who, where the member is, but the, a member of the Alliance Defending Freedom, which the Southern Poverty Law Center has said is a hate group. A member of that group has been appointed as one of the leaders in the new religious task force. I mean, it's clear to everyone mm. that this was going to be a way of stopping the gays and stopping abortion. It's a way for them to review every case that's being looked at by the Department of Justice and make sure that it it goes the way that they want in regards to abortion and, and gay rights. So Who is stocking this fucking thing? Sessions. So he just... Ugh. Yeah. God. So, yeah, I mean, he's the attorney general, so he can just make this group and give them reign to do whatever. And the whatever in this case has not really been defined. So they have, I mean, what what their goal is hasn't been clearly set. So they're going to have the freedom to do pretty much whatever they want. And uh, they have been encouraged to seek out cases on abortion and gay rights and uh, influence parties in the Department of Justice. Because, Sounds totally legal. <laughs> well, yeah. because if they don't write it down, it can't be challenged in court. Right. Sure. And he's like making no qualms about it. Like, no. like I'm not even gonna like try to find somebody who has no fucking baggage. I'm just gonna put this guy in. <laughs> he's created a new sub department. He can do what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Eh, he won't be there long. No. <laughs> Gert. <laughs> yeah. uh, another thing that the Trump administration is doing. Uh, I guess I could have put this under world news, but they are. <laughs> they have said that it's time to stop punishing anti-gay African countries. So if you live in a sub-Saharan African country and you are gay and you've been happy that the United States is trying to step in and do something about your government saying that you should be killed mm-hmm. because you're gay, that's uh, that's likely going away. The United States has decided, or at least the Trump administration, while they're in control, uh, they are not going to try and step in and, and tell other countries that uh, that they shouldn't do that. What's this guy's name? Mulvaney. Why is he even weighing in on this, Mick Mulvaney? 
Uh, is he it, is, is he... the director of the Office of Management and Budget. And apparently it's that office that has been saying whether or not they're going to be sending funds to African nations. And he says that the United States taxpayer dollars used to discourage Christian values needs to stop. So they're saying that the money being sent to the African nations was being used to uh, against religious values. <laughs> Therefore, we need to pull that money. These guys are pure evil, right? I mean, yes. they have to be. <laughs> yes, they are. How do you fucking sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> On a I don't big know. pile I, of money. <laughs> I mean, the, you have the to. The further they go, the better they sleep. That's the problem. They think that what most people believe is, is evil. And it's religion that's at the at the, the base of this. But they, they have to know that, like, most of this country doesn't agree with them. They don't care. I don't even know if they know that. I don't know. I mean, Mike Pence, you think Mike Pence thinks that everybody's with him? Yeah. Everybody around him says that they are. And How many yachts does Mike Pence have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's been a civil servant. Probably not many. God, it's like these guys just all came in and were like, we're going to destroy every good thing ever. Yeah. Religion. Yay. Well, even like, we're going to like destroy the internet. Fuck the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's all about big business. You've got to make businesses stronger because I don't remember why. And and because <laughs> they're not the porn <laughs> industry? Is that part of it? Oh, I know why. Because they give us money. Right. We have to make businesses stronger because they give us money. Right. I don't know. This is like, it's just, a, I, I mean, how much more of this can we take? <laughs> of the dystopia? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Another 90-some days? Well, like, is there ever going to be a point where one of the countries will be like, you know, getting rid of slavery wasn't the greatest thing we ever did. <laughs> and, and we're going to kind of, we're thinking about bringing that back. Well, but we'll uh, call it like indentured servitude or something like that. Right. We already put people in jail because they can't pay parking tickets. And True. then they, they only get further in debt. So, yeah, we're going to – the you know, incarceration of the poor populace wherever we can. And I would not be surprised at all if somebody proposed that only um, white male landowners could vote. Somebody's going to propose it at some point. That's what's in the Constitution. So why aren't we going back to that? Why aren't we doing that? Well, at least I'll still get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, hurry up and close on that house. Stop working on it. <laughs> So as a, a point of reference, there are some religious groups that have come out against the Religious Freedom Task Force, surprisingly, I, I think. No, but, I don't, uh, I don't, no, I don't think that's surprising. I think there are a lot of religious groups that are decent people, and they have got to see this as wrong. I guess. I guess you're right, because uh, as this article states, Amanda Tyler, she's the executive director of the Baptist Joint Committee. She said that she agrees with some of what Session says. But that the uh, oversimplification of unsettled legal questions involving free exercise of religion and the near total omission of any concern for government promotion of religion mm. was uh, was something that she did not agree with. She said that uh, she, she fears that what is most in jeopardy is widespread support of religious liberty for all. And that the uh, the Trump administration is sowing division where there should be unity in our first freedom. There's a couple other groups. The Muslim advocates pointed out that the task force would ultimately punish religious minorities. Yeah, you think? Mm. <laughs> so that seems obvious. Um, so there's there are some religious groups who are who have some political pull who are fighting against it, um, or at least speaking out against it. But um, 
as long as Sessions is there, I don't think they're going to be making much headway. Yeah, I like this one sentence. They see the constant religious hypocrisy of Republicans who call themselves Christians while rejecting everything Jesus stood for. Mm. That kind of sums it up. Yeah. I guess exactly. some bad news for you guys. Uh-oh. Balderson's up by one point. Oh. Yeah, some more Delaware came in. It's not surprising. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I figured it was coming. Finally, it was your fault. <laughs> yeah. I'm just... It is... It was a huge swing for Democrats in a heavily Republican district. So yeah. even if he doesn't win, it's still it should be very alarming to the GOP. And I'm really glad I'm, to see I'm, it. I don't know. I don't want them alarmed. I want them just sitting on their ass thinking that they own the world mm-hmm. come November. But mm-hmm. in any case. So we were talking, somebody had mentioned before about uh, the, being in the Constitution. But how long is that going to be? I don't know how many of you watched Real Time this last week, but there was a guest they had on, Nancy McLean. She is a – what she had to say is is extremely scary. Mm. I uh, – yeah, that was frightening, that woman. Yeah. Now, I have this marked down as the left conspiracy because there's a lot of people saying that she doesn't get her facts right. There are a lot of people saying that um, her, her references in her book uh, don't go anywhere. Like, she makes references to things, and then they look it up, and they're like, "What? It, that's not really what it's saying. Hmm. So take that with, with for, you know, for what it's worth. But she is a professor at Duke. Uh, she is a historian. And some of the things that she talks about, you you can look up and verify. And what she's talking about specifically is the fact that the Koch brothers, Char- Charles Koch specifically, but the Koch brothers, are doing what they can to rewrite the Constitution. How are they going to do this? So what she says is that there is there's a constitutional law that a constitutional convention can be declared if 34 states come out and say that they want it. Do they have to say what they want it for? Or just that no. they want to have a... Okay. Hmm. 28 states already have done this. So if six more states say that they want a constitutional convention, it can happen. Now, according to according to the law, once that... Is this it, something we vote on? How does a state say that, and how long does that last? So a state well, a state can, can call for it um, and try and encourage other states to as well. And I believe it's from the governorship that the governor can call for it, but then, of course, they can be backed down by, you know, their local state... Senate or the, I believe, it's somehow the the attorney general, the state's attorney general, however you say that, the state attorneys general right. can uh, can ha- have involvement in it as well. But in any case, 24 of the 28 states that have asked for it are a trifecta Republican. So the Republicans completely control the state, legislative and executive. So those states are guaranteed. The Koch brothers basically own them, 24 states. Wow, four of the and so they're, four four of the states are not trifecta, but have as well. Hmm. So let's take a sidebar for a second and talk about the Equal Rights Amendment. The Equal Rights Amendment is an amendment to the Constitution. Do you think that it is a part of the Constitution currently? Is it a amendment to the Constitution? Because that's what we're talking about doing is making amendments to the Constitution. And the answer is no, it's not. Because once you draw up a uh, constitutional amendment. It has to be ratified by 38 states, I believe it is, something like that. It's that a higher, right. Yeah, it's a higher percentage of the states need to ratify it. The Equal Rights Amendment, which was drawn up in the 60s, I think ratified in 72, has not yet been ratified by enough states 
to be a constitutional amendment. There's 37 currently. <laughs> One more. Illinois did in May of this year. So we're getting really close. So <laughs> <laughs> we're getting close to getting that you know law from the 60s actually in place. Right. So while I get that it sounds really scary, you need to get 38 states to actually sign on to the thing that you're writing into the Constitution. And if we can't do the Equal Rights Amendment, for Christ's sake, I don't think you're going to be able to do anything else. My only, the part that scares me is the pieces that the Koch brothers own, the, the politicians that they have in their pockets who are in those other states. Mm. And and you are correct. They're at 28 right now. They need to get the 34 to enable, to actually do the constitutional convention. And then anything that's done has to be ratified by 38. You're, that is That is absolutely correct. But the number of people who are, like I said, in their pocket is scary. Alarming. Yeah. 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 Now, what change are they trying to make to the Constitution? Uh, anything specific or anything they want? Is this just like an, an open... The first thing that is mentioned, I, uh, I think I accidentally closed that article. Uh, the first thing that they say that is mentioned is a change on... Let me guess, voting rights? No. <laughs> O'Connor's back up. <laughs> the, the first thing in here is reengineering a balanced budget amendment. Now, I don't have the details of what that means, but it basically would mean trying to rewrite uh, the Constitution so that they could achieve a balance of bud budget amendment. And I I'm sure that the Koch brothers already have written up what they want that to be. Right. Sure. I mean, the first thing that they'll do is cut Medicaid and Medicare, Social Security benefits. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think Bernie Sanders addressed this in one of the interviews that I saw with him, that their balanced budget is cutting off all forms of socialism. So, like right. you said, Social Security and, and Medicare. Wow. And the, the, the biggest problem is once this gets started, they could change the rules of a constitutional convention while they're in it. Really? Oh, okay. And they, there's a term for that called a runaway convention. Now, I don't know that this is, I mean, I don't, this has never happened. Like, I don't know when this, <laughs> has this ever happened since the original Constitution Convention? I, I don't really know. But supposedly, they say that they only need to convince five of seven targeted states to get on board, and they'll have enough states to convene the convention. Uh, oh, the targeted states are Arizona, Kentucky, Minnesota, Montana, South Carolina, Virginia, and Wisconsin. For the remainder of the 26 or whatever the number right. was. Because okay. they, they basically, they have 24 in their pocket right now. Okay. Right. Read me that list again so I know whether or not to worry. <laughs> uh, Arizona, Kentucky. Easy swing in their favor. Easy swing in their favor. Minnesota. Not going to get it. Montana. Unknown. South Carolina. Already stunned that they're not happy. <laughs> right. Vir Come on. Virginia. Ooh, that might be rough. Uh, yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, and Wisconsin, which is another toughie. Mm-hmm. Not as Maybe tough. not yeah, as much. No, I was going to say, doesn't Scott Walker control that state? I don't know about control. He's there. He's, He's trying to. Piece of shit. Yeah. I hate that guy. So there's two holdouts, Virginia and Minnesota, I'm optimistic about. More so Minnesota. So in any case, this is right. amazing that they have gotten so far. And she, she even said on the show, they're doing this behind the scenes. Nobody, they're, they're trying to keep it quiet. They're not trying to, to get this public. And meanwhile, everybody's being distracted by... Uh, Trump's tweets right. and not paying attention to it. So one thing she brought up is that she kind of started with was that Trump and, and the Koch brothers are not really at war with each other. 
Right. That's just another, yeah, distraction. Yeah. So that, that little bit of joy is gone. <laughs> yeah. Those globalists. <laughs> so in any case, uh, it's something to, to just be aware of. Um, and, and a more reason why the local, the, the state elections are very important. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Republicans are in charge of so many things, and I guarantee you, more than half the Republicans that are that are there don't understand what they're being a part of, what they're playing a role in, but they're just agreeing with their party so that they can continue to get party money so that they can continue to get reelected. Welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. A piece of, I don't know, kind of good news. Mm-hmm. Tried to put this later. <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court has denied to take up a case called Juliana versus the United States, Juliana v. United States. They uh, are suing the the government in general. They're suing the United States because the United States is not doing enough on climate change. This lawsuit originally hit the Justice Department during the Obama administration. They were suing the, it wasn't the administration, but they were suing during the Obama administration because the United States was not doing enough against climate change and the fact that their kids are going to have to grow up and deal with the situation. Since, since Trump has taken over, um, it's done nothing but get hundredfold worse. worse. Yeah. Well, to be, the, the case was actually filed by 21 child and young adult plaintiffs represented by climate activists and scientists. So this is children suing the federal government saying, please don't sell our future Yeah, to the highest bidder. Correct. And the Supreme Court said, no, these children have a right to sue you because it is their future, turns out. <laughs> so yeah, apparently the, the Trump administration sent a thing over to Kennedy saying, hey, can you just squash this and not look at it? And Kennedy said, I'm retiring, dude. Hmm. <laughs> um, but then this Monday, the Supreme Court came back and said that, yeah, we're not going to look at this. We're not going to. So that allows the then this is the big news. It allows the the lawsuit to move forward. And the next step is discovery, (laughs) which means that the law, the people filed for lawsuit are able to go to the Justice Department and the EPA and do a discovery, force them to to turn over documents on climate change. Nice. So I'm not sure that that wasn't their end game. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I mean, to get the EPA's own scientists scientific proof that climate change is a thing and that it's being squashed by the oil industry. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that that's a bad end game if that is what it is. Yeah. Even if the case itself doesn't go anywhere, just getting that stuff out into the light. Although we already know that, but suing them would be better, I guess. The the problem is, is that what do you do if the case is found for the plaintiff? You you tell, I mean, judges have already started to tell the Trump administration, you need to you know, get those children back with their parents, and they're not obeying. What do you yeah, do? Well, they're half-assed obeying. They're, they're half-assed They're doing obeying, some sure. of it, but yeah. not, yeah, not meeting the deadlines. So what do you do at that point? Well, again, like I said, I'm not sure that the end game wasn't to get the documentation out there so mm. that you can, I mean, facts still matter. I know yeah. that to 25% of the country, they don't. <laughs> but to most people, they still matter. If you have the facts and you have the reports on climate change, then you can actually use that against some of the arguments. Yeah, but for so many people, facts don't matter. They just twist it and say it's all lies and it's, you know. So is your argument to throw your hands in the air and just. (laughs) No, it isn't. I'm just don't. I I understand why they're doing it. 
and um, the hope that they have behind it, but you're not going to get that 23% of the country on board. Deplorables. <laughs> basket of deplorables. Mm. <laughs> Why a basket? Anyway. <laughs> Jared's been quiet. Do we still have Jared? I'm here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. I, I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised. Jared bum- I'm just- bummed himself out too much with his news. <laughs> I'm just surprised with the, the this conspiracy theory you didn't say anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last the last thing that I had that I wanted to mention is this painting of Trump and his White House team crossing the swamp. It's uh I don't that? remember what the original what's the original painting? It's crossing the Delaware. Uh, Washington crossing the Delaware. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yes. No, this is oh uh, yeah, well oh, I, I assume yeah. it's called Washington. Yeah. Crossing the Delaware. Yeah. So they took that and they put Trump in place of Washington, which that's just, that's treasonous right there. Um, but they've got all the different members of the Trump White House on this little rowboat going across the swamp. And in the background is uh, the Capitol building. <laughs> and uh, it is, it's an amazing photo. You know what amazes me about it? it, it this is a complex picture to, to paint. I'm amazed. Then the amount of time that it took to paint this picture, one of the people in it hasn't quit or been fired. <laughs> well, I see Bolton, Sarah Sanders. <laughs> oh, Bolton looks awesome in this picture. Melania. Yeah, yeah. he does. With a little with a little mustache and his gun. Hunt the wabbit. <laughs> That's Melania, right? Uh, the, there's yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Kellyanne Conway. Melania's up there with with Pence holding the flag. Right. Oh, that's Pence. Yeah, that's Pence. Kellyanne Conway is hiding behind uh, Bolton. That's a poor representation of her. Who's she... the guy next to Pompeo? Oh, I don't know. Is Pompeo? Wait, oh, wait. I, okay. I see Kellyanne next to Bolton. Okay, that that does look like her. There's another blonde woman On the left. to his left. That must be Christian Gurdjian Nielsen. Oh, I assumed that was Ivanka. Oh, oh that could be Ivanka too. Mm. Yeah. Wait, is Pompeo the one with the binoculars? Right. I think Pompeo is the one right below Melania, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, isn't that that's, guy, isn't that Mattis to his immediate right? No, I think that's supposed to be Jeff Sessions. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and Mattis sure. is the one with the, the oar over to his right. Sure. Who's the black guy with his uh, back turned? Uh, the, the, the guy in tr- the, It's Carson. What's ben that? Carson. Yeah. No ben Carson. way is that Ben Carson. <laughs> <laughs> that does look nothing like Carson's left ear. He doesn't look like he's asleep in any way. <laughs> Who's at the foot of the boat? Is that Don Jr.? <laughs> I don't know who that is. This I... photo makes no fucking sense. <laughs> In the well, sense that... first of all, it's a painting. Mm. Whatever. Well, I'm looking at a photo of it. <laughs> so, there. Gotcha. Second of all, it, <laughs> it is, I believe, supposed to be a artistic reinterpretation of, you know, Washington crossing the Delaware. And it looks like it suggests that Trump is... Leading America through the swamp? Okay, but first off, Trump said he was going to drain the swamp. These people are not draining the swamp. They're crossing the swamp. And by the way, in the wrong direction because they need to turn right hmm. to get to the Capitol building. So <laughs> I don't know where they're going. It's a good point. Yeah. Like crossing the swamp to get to the Capitol building is not draining the swamp. Right. <laughs> I'm wondering if all of the alligators represent, uh, you know, media. There's alligators? Oh, there's alligators. There's there's CNN and Mm. MSNBC. Maybe there's hidden messages in the scales that you can see. (laughs) (laughs) This is insanity, by the way. Yes. And it doesn't make any sense. Dumb. 
Whoever so, did this was dumb. So the article that I linked, well, of course it's dumb. The article that I linked is on the Daily Wire. And the whole reason that this article exists is to say that when this when this photo came out or when this picture came out, the internet went mad. And I know this is a, going to set Ian uh, off. <laughs> but the super pet peeve. Is that true? Because this is the first I've ever heard of this. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So th- is that Nikki Haley in the front of the boat jabbing the alligator with the oar? Oh, yeah, that could be. That could very well be. I could see Nikki Haley being a part of this. So what they said on the Daily Wire is Twitter, per usual, went bananas. And then they go on mm-hmm. to cite, what, three or four tweets? Right. Um, <laughs> saying that, oh, and some were more harsh. And it's, it's, it's saying, just lost at night, rowing in circles because of their, their leadership. Perfect metaphor for this administration. <laughs> that was the harsh one. Mm. Somehow I think they left out some of the harsh ones. Uh, one of them was uh, Melania wouldn't be caught dead in a camo hunting jacket. Probably true. Unless you wrote, I don't really care, do you, on the back of it. <laughs> right. Then she would be way into it. <laughs> and then they well, went if it on is to- a camo jacket, it's super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, like her, have you seen her fake gardening pick? <laughs> no. Oh, you haven't no. seen this? Where- I don't think so. <laughs> She's oh, supposedly, no. they snapped a photo of her accidentally gardening. It is so staged, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, her shoes are perfect, and it, like, everyone's being like, I don't really garden, do you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, was she wearing Have you high gone heels? to this guy's Twitter page? The guy who did the photo, who painted yeah. the picture? I looked John. at it Have, briefly. Do you see his banner fo- uh, painting that he did? Where Trump is like Jesus, like, doing, he's in that Jesus pose? Oh, wow. I had not seen that previously. All the soldiers behind him, yeah. Or so, yeah I can't see him. the whole thing, like, what's going on below there, but. I don't know what the watering, yeah. Yeah. I see Sheriff Clark behind him. <laughs> so if you're a listener and you want to know what we're talking about, John McNaughton, at McNaughton Art, is, uh, is the Twitter feed. Yeah, that's a weird picture. I don't know what to make of that. Right. But to be clear, Twitter did not wow. go bananas over no. this. No. All right, so... No one no one outside this show has heard of this painting. <laughs> so oh, my on- God. This guy's on a fucking tear. Sorry. <laughs> Here's one uh, where Trump's trying to... He's, like, grabbing Mueller yeah. by the throat. <laughs> It has got a, a, a magnifying glass in his hand. It's crazy. In the little montage of the, uh, underneath his name, the top right one is bonkers. Oh, Ray, I wish you hadn't brought this up because now I'm going to start seeing these paintings all over Facebook soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> At least oh, you're prepared. There's a picture of Jesus Christ being kicked out of the Capitol building. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. If Jesus Christ was in the Capitol building right now, he would be kicked out because he's a socialist. <laughs> very true. Wow, this guy is off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> See, this this leads me to this weird thing, and I don't want to get into a whole conversation about this, but this notion to these people that Trump is like a tough guy. Yeah. You know, like they, like he could beat people up and he's like a hero. And I'm like, Robert Mueller was actually in Vietnam. He has medals of honor, you know? Yeah. And Trump was winning bowling championships during that time. With his bone spurs, yeah. Yeah, it's just so odd that, like, this narrative that they've spun around him that he's a big tough guy. That WWE shit's not real. That was fake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. See, it works. WWE. <laughs> this guy's a mastermind. He's got a ton of these. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, my God. You see the my... Obama one? Yeah, the Obama one's amazing, but wait till you get to the Moses handing the Ten Commandments down to, to George Washington and Ronald Reagan with Scalia Whoa! ripping up something. <laughs> I, 
Uh, it's amazing. Oh, in I a see. very stupid way. <laughs> I see Scalia's in there, and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Justice Roberts is in there. I don't see Roberts. Over to the right. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We're talking about pictures that people can't see, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, wor- it's worth a look. Yeah. It is. Yeah, definitely Oh, there's is. a bigger version of that one you just said. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> Oh, my God, there's somebody from NASA in there and a Native American chief. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> so that is it. That is all that I have. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Uh, well, wait. Yeah, one last thing. Let's check on Ohio real quick. Uh, it changed. No, I don't no, want to no. tell you guys when, I, when we were talking. Yeah, don't check. It's not not good. Uh, but it's only 700 no. votes. But, yeah. yeah. Man, I will curse Joe Manchick's name. Yeah, he might have for- fucked this up. Bad. Yeah. Those eleven hundred votes would have made an enormous difference. Oh, Delaware County's the deciding thing here. There's only one thirty-one of one fifty-nine, and yeah. Franklin only has one more district to report in. That's not good. And as as Ray pointed out, the the way that that these counties are gerrymandered is spectacular. Mm. Spectacular. Yeah. Isn't this one of the cases that the Supreme Court is going to be considering at some point in the undefined future? It has been filed, yeah. Okay. Better off going to state court, not federal. Yeah, because I believe that this is going to federal, so. Yeah. Likely to Pen- not be changed. Yeah, Pennsylvania did it the right way and sent it to the state court. So, Although the Ohio state court might not be any better than the federal court, so. Yeah. So right now, it does look like Balderson is going to win. He is at, it's a 99% reporting, and he is winning by 0.8 percentage points. Point four currently, according to mine. Maybe yours hasn't updated. <laughs> I just refreshed and now it says point eight. So you're right. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. That's all we've got for tonight. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, there's several ways to support it. You can share the podcast on social media or leave a review on wherever you happen to listen, like iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. Again, if you want to contact us, facebook.com slash profanearg, or you can tweet at profanearg. Also, please check out other shows on the Soon To Be Named Network. You can find them at uh, soontobenamednetwork.com. Shows of a variety of types to fill your podcasting needs. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm fucking amazed by this guy's Twitter, and I'm also Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is Ian. (laughs) Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you. (laughs) 